Thank you. Uh, Tom, uh, I didn't realize uh, that I was going to be in the company of the holy men of old. Tom with his new dew on his face. So it is uh, exciting to be here. This is a very strange uh, setting. Now, it's not the first time that I've ever preached to less than 10 people, but uh, it, is, it has been a while. So we welcome you. I, I just want to say a special thanks and kudos to the worship team. Uh, what a setup for uh, what God wanted me to speak on today. And so I am very grateful of helping us, moving us into those gates, opening up the gates and letting us go through that we could allow the King of Glory to come in. Uh, I know that uh, it's a real understatement to say that this has been a difficult time, and y'all have to forgive me because I'm going to be looking around the, the room as if there's people here, and there are a few, uh, but uh, so if you see me looking around, it's just a natural movement. But I know that uh, being at home, for everyone that has pets, we do not have pets, but for those of you who have pets, you are getting to know your pet a lot better uh, during this uh, time of quarantine and isolation. And I know that uh, that has been a very interesting experience for us in so many different ways, with pets or without pets. And we do thank God for pets because they do their companionship. And we're, we're going to look at some today that I grew up with, famous pets that I grew up with. And um, I think that uh, I know that the younger generation are going to go, what is that? Now, you will, it won't take much to uncover uh, my age because when, but I want to uh, share with you uh, we were having family devotion together, and and it was, and I uh, wasn't thinking about it. And then uh, Marvin uh, calls me and says, "Bert, will you preach?" And I said, "I would love to." And I thought I was going to do what I felt God had spoken to me uh, a couple of weeks ago. And unbeknownst to me, the next morning when I got up and I went downstairs and I was making me some tea and. And all at once, it was like, bam. And it's like, uh, I'm like, what, Lord? What do, you, what do you want? And he's like, this is what I want you to speak on. And I said, I want you to speak on famous pets you've known in your life. And so here we are this morning, and you will see where we're headed as we go with this. But I want to show you the first one. And uh, I barely remember this one. Uh, Aristotle the octopus from the Adams family. Now, this is not our Adams family, this, uh, because they only use one D in their name, but this is <clears throat> the famous Adams family with two Ds, and they had a pet octopus called Aristotle. Now, they also had, and I didn't, I won't, I didn't put it up in this uh, album, but they also had Kitty Cat, which was a lion a male lion as a pet also. But these are famous ones that were on TV when I was a kid. Another one 
is Gentle Ben and uh, the Big Bear, and it was on for a number of years. And again, you see some of these were colorized as time moved on, but most of them were black and white. And then the famous Mr. Ed, the talking horse. And you keep that in mind as we go through this message this morning, because that's going to come back up about talking animals. But uh, Mr. Ed and Wilbur were on for numbers of years, and we love that, uh, to be able to hear the conversations that they shared. And, and especially, most people still know and love Lassie, the collie, and uh, how Lassie saved so many. Lassie was a redeeming dog. That's, I guess that's why we loved it as believers, always saving somebody. Then there was, going to the aquatic world, Flipper. Flipper, as uh, could only speak in his language. Uh, Flipper was very popular during my day as a pet. Then there's one that you may not uh, remember, some of you uh, older folks like me, uh, Elvis the Alligator. And I always loved it because he named it Elvis. And this was from Miami Vice. So what you need to do, since you have, uh, what you can do is part of your homework assignment on all of these things that I'm putting up here. Hopefully they'll be on uh, the message that you can look at later, you can pull up and you can go to Google. And uh, since you're doing all this research now, you don't have anything else to do. So you can do research and go to watch uh, uh, an episode of Miami Vice. And maybe you can pick up one where Elvis the Alligator is there. One of the most famous of all is Arnold the Pig. And hold on just a minute. You'll see Arnold drinking his lime soda there. Yep, Arnold the Pig. And that was from Green Acres with the famous Douglases and the famous Zsa Zsa Gabor was starred in there as Mrs. Douglas. Arnold the Pig. And Arnold's last name was Ziffel, if you needed to know that, more than likely you didn't. So those are just a few. I grew up uh, having come in the farm ranch world uh, most of our pets were either dogs, because we used the dogs in, in hunting, and we used the dogs in working cattle, and then uh, horses, for sure, we had horses. Uh, donkeys weren't necessarily ones that my dad had when we were growing up. We didn't have donkeys or pigs. We had horses and cattle, and uh, so it's, I did have... And so my connection to the donkey world, now I know you younger generation, if you're watching this, you're going to go, well, man, he just went through a, a litany of these old uh, TV characters, animals, stars. And, uh, but the one that you would know, and I'm sorry I didn't put it up there, was Donkey Kong. I know that you would go, oh, yeah, I've heard of Donkey Kong. That's not too far away. But um, my connection with the donkey world came through one of my great uncles. My grandmother that I've mentioned before, my maternal grandmother, Hilly May, had a brother, an older brother, whose name was Bud. And they called him that. You know, I don't even know what his real name was because that's all they ever called him was Uncle Bud. But Uncle Bud was about shoulder high of where I am now. 
And uh, he was a jovial, happy soul. I mean, he could have been a Santa Claus if he could have grew a beard like Tom. He, he more likely to fill that role. And he could have even ro- ro- ridden his donkey. But he's the one in our immediate families that had an actual donkey. He had more than one. Now, he lived on the edge of uh, the Texas Hill Country. Uh, we lived on the east side of I-35 runs down through the middle of Texas. And so we lived on the east side, prairie land. And he lived on the west side, and it was more arid, dry, mesquite, and, and it was more conducive to the life of a donkey. And it's, it's more like Israel, the Middle East, uh, and I'll show you a picture here in a minute, but uh, Uncle Bud, it was always a, a thrill to go visit Uncle Bud and Aunt Annie because they had a donkey, and he would talk to his donkey. Now, that donkey never talked back to Uncle Bud, Thankfully, while I was there, it might happen when I was gone. But this is was the life of my introduction to donkeys. And donkeys, as you know, have, have a, a lot of reputation. Some of it is not true. And I'll speak toward that in just a little bit. But uh, donkeys have a special place in the scripture. And especially with what... The worship team opened up this morning. Tom uh, introduced us to. This is Palm Sunday. This is the day that Jesus is making his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And uh, literally, uh, it's fixing to start all going downhill this next week. But this is a time where at least the crowd is cheering for him. And we'll, we'll look at that in just a little bit and read that passage. But this message is, is uh, you, you'll go, well, man, that's a lot, lot of stuff about donkeys. But I'll, you'll understand as we go along how important donkeys are to our God. But here's a donkey's photo album. I found this. I, I don't know if I was at a, uh, one of those stores downtown Noblesville with a knick-knack, paddywhack kind of stuff that they have. I don't know if it was there or wherever. It was a garage sale or something, but I came across this donkey album. And I want to show you uh, some of the pictures that were in the donkey's album. Here's a picture of uh, me with my mother when I was young. Uh, I'm sorry. It was a picture of the donkey colt with its mother. But this is the, the beginning. We didn't, fortunately, we didn't want to put you through seeing the actual birthing process of the colt. But uh, this is mama, and this is the colt, or a foal, as you will hear later in the scripture when it's uh, spoken of from the Old Testament and into the New. But here's mom and babe together. And then here's a family picture. Uh, There I am with my sister. I'm sorry, I keep putting it into terms of my family, but... I had five brothers, so I didn't have a sister. I've always wanted a sister. So this is the closest thing, more than likely, I got to having a sister. Family portrait made. More than likely, they were. Donkey calendar. How do you like that? I wished I could have found one of those and had that here today. So that is the family together. And this is uh, my first visit. I mean, it's the donkey's first visit to the dentist. And they had gone in uh, for its first exam. And here we are having our teeth checked out. Uh, looks like that uh, needed to floss a little bit more there, but 
didn't do that. And here, here's, here I am, uh, again, you'll have to forgive me for the first person, keep putting it in the first person, but here, here's a donkey, uh, that's our donkey friend to the right, and you can see hanging out with friends. Donkeys love to do that. They're, they're really into bonding, and they like to be with their, with their uh, friends, and that is the beautiful picture of hanging out with friends. Here is a picture of my sister, and uh, she got the wrong dye. She wanted to color her hair, uh, her coat, and she got the wrong dye, but she looks real cool because we see a lot of pink and blue hair today uh, on people, and, and uh, she really hadn't planned this, and I'll tell you about it here in just a minute, but uh, this happened kind of uh, unbeknownst to her until she put the dye on. And now here it is, uh, one of doctor's visit. I'd gone to a doctor, uh, the donkey had gone to have a checkup getting ready for uh, sports physical, and this is having, uh, had to stick out your tongue, you know, all the very things you do, let them hit your uh, knee with uh, the little hammer and everything. And then here, here's uh, the donkey on a fishing trip. You can see that uh, uh, they went by themselves, but uh, looks like maybe not having as much fun as they had thought they would. And, and so there they are. There he is uh, on his fishing trip. Now, this is, uh, this is the one that has to do with, my, uh, with the sister's pink coat. Uh, after that happened, she found out that I had put pink dye into her hair coloring stuff, and it caused that, and so she bought me a t-shirt, and this is what it says. Well, you can read it. I don't have to read that out loud for you, but that's what she thought about uh, the little trick that I played on her. And then here, here I am trying to tell people... Uh, I told you a thousand times, I don't know Shrek. Now, for some of you older fans, you'll have to hold on just a minute, and you'll understand that a little better. But for the younger crew, you know exactly what uh, a donkey would be saying that for. There is then this one where I'm confessing I'm not lazy. I'm highly motivated to do nothing. We had a day at the beach. It was like the senior trip, and... Uh, and unfortunately, our seniors who have had all of this year messed up for them, we say prayers for you guys, uh, how your world's been turned upside down. But this was on the senior trip, and I was uh, getting some sun out at the beach. And here's uh, my graduation picture. This is uh, on the graduation day, and I would have taken it with my family, but uh, they said they really didn't want to be seen with me after all I had done to my sister. So here is a photo album of a donkey's family, and uh, uh, donkeys are very special. Now, oh, the last one, I'm sorry. This is uh, after I graduated, went to the military, and I was serving in the military. And you can see that uh, I have a higher rank than the person carrying me. So see, do you, people have the idea that donkeys are dumb. No, you need to realize when we go through this here, and get deeper into the scripture, you'll see that donkeys are very smart and brilliant. And uh, so that was my opportunity to serve uh, my country. 
and uh, have somebody carry me for once in my life and uh, rather than me toting everybody else around. So uh, this morning, I'm going to go through pretty quickly. I, want, I just want to take you on a uh, pin the tail on the donkey. You know, as a, as a kid, and I, I guess kids are still playing that. I don't know. I can't remember our, our kids ever playing pin the tail on the donkey, but it used to be the big game to play at a birthday party, celebration, whatever, blindfold the person, give them a tail deal, and they have to go around and try to do it. And hopefully you're not standing too close where you get pinned in the process. But you notice that I, I'm, I'm spelling it T-A-L-E. That wasn't a misprint. I, I did that because there's a tail that the donkey tails. And that's what we're going to get into here uh, when we pin the tail on the donkey. The, uh, the life of a, a donkey is, um, uh, is an interesting life because a donkey, you remember, and I should have put the picture up there to show you, the, you have donkeys and then you have mules and, and horses, and most mules get as big as horses. But uh, the donkeys have been around for uh, more than 5,000 years. They estimate that there's about 40, over 40 million donkeys in the world today. And uh, I thought that was an interesting statistic because, you know, we don't see them much. You know, you don't see them downtown uh, Carmel or over on 116th or over in Fishers or down south in Greenwood or, you know, I mean, you may see more on the outskirts of town, but it's just not something that you see on a regular basis. But, but donkeys uh, have a, they've been, I think they've been misinterpreted, if we could use that word. They've been, uh, they've been given a bad rap, we can say that, because they say that donkeys are stubborn. And, you know, uh, what they found is that donkeys are, yes, they are stubborn, but most of their stubbornness has to do with self-preservation. And some of the places they've been put in, and if you've ever seen the pictures of somebody carrying, the donkey is carrying the, um, all of the, the cargo and the supplies on its back, and they're going up some mountain pass where, you know, you do one slip of the hoof and you fall you know, 500 feet or whatever to your death. So a lot of things that is interpreted as being stubborn is not stubborn. It's that they're trying to preserve their lives. And uh, that's one thing that sometimes is, uh, is misunderstood about the donkeys. But uh, most people ask me, having come uh, from the farm ranch life in, in Texas, they asked me, well, what, what is, what's the difference between a donkey and a mule and all this? And, and uh, mules are kind of a special breed because you either uh, have a, a, a male horse and a female donkey or you have uh, the opposite, uh, a male donkey and a female horse, and you come up with a mule. But mules themselves are sterile. They can't reproduce. And so that's why the, the donkey is so important to the mule. So you think that the mule is taller like a horse and that, that mule is going to look down on that donkey. Well, that donkey can look up and wink at the mule and go, you wouldn't be here without me. So that's why donkeys have a special place in mules' hearts. And that is 
why as we go through here and look at different scripture, it's amazing. I think there were over 500 instances where donkeys are used, the term donkey. Now, one thing that I've got to do, because I know that uh, many of you who know me quite well, you know that there's an elephant in the room, and you're going, what? You're talking about donkeys. Why are you talking about elephants? Well, that's the proverbial donkey, uh, the proverbial elephant is in the room. And uh, the reason why is because of the synonyms used for donkey. Now, I have a free pass. And the reason I have a free pass is because in the time that I grew up, I grew up under the tutelage and the discipleship of my mother and my maternal grandmother, Hilly, in the days of the King James Version. And how many of you, you know, you, some of you grew up, you have parents, grandparents, and they grew up with the King James. Well, the words used in some of the modern translations have been changed, and I always said changed, we changed that to protect the guilty, but uh, that's another sermon in and of itself. Uh, but the other terms that are used, and it's when I get to one of these uh, passages and we follow this trail of the donkey's hooves all the way through the scripture, you're going to find that uh, if I say it, it's just because I grew up reading the King James. And it is the elephant in the room word that most people around the world still call donkeys. They call them an ass. Okay, we've said it. Everybody, don't reach and turn off your volume. Don't reach, get the kids out of the room. Don't turn off the monitor. It's okay, but I just want you to be aware because somebody out there, I know, we're going, if you were here live, y'all would be heckling me, I know, to get me to say that word up here in the pulpit. So that is what we're doing. But here is one of the more famous Donkeys of all time, Eeyore. You remember our friend Eeyore? Yep, yep. If you wanted to know a famous donkey today, it would be Eeyore. The other one that is uh, much more recent uh, is the donkey from Shrek. That's why when I gave that earlier, some of us older people wouldn't understand that. But uh, about people keep asking the donkeys, are you... Are you kin? Do you know the donkey from Shrek personally? And he says, no, I don't. But in order to help set it, and I think that, uh, I think that the reason God also wanted me to preach this message is because I felt that he said to me, he says, you know what? A cheerful heart is good medicine. And we need some joy. And you know, wherever Jesus is, it's, it's, it is joy. It is joy. Jesus can turn even the worst situation into joy and into hope and into life. And I, I, want, to, I want to play this clip of the donkey from Shrek because to me, I think we're fixing to turn a corner on our joy and our laughter. It's donkey time! That? Who'd want to live in a place like that? That would be my home. 
Oh, and it is lovely, just beautiful. You know you are quite a decorator. It's amazing what you've done with such a modest budget. I like that boulder. That is a nice boulder. I guess you don't uh, entertain much, do you? I like my privacy. You know I do too. That's another thing we have in common. Like, I hate it when you got somebody in your face, you're trying to give them a hint and they won't leave. And then there's that big awkward silence, you know. Can I stay with you? Uh, what? Can I stay with you, please? Of course. Really? No. Please! I don't want to go back there. You don't know what it's like to be considered a freak. Well, maybe you do. But that's why we got to stick together. You got to let me stay. Please, please. Okay, okay. But one night only. Ah, thank you. Ah. What do you know? Oh, no. this is going to be fun. We can stay up late, swapping manly stories, and in the morning, I'm making waffles. Hey, I can fly! He can fly! He can fly! He can talk! <laughs> That's right, fool! Now I'm a flying talking donkey! You might have seen a house fly, maybe even a super fly, but I bet you ain't never seen a donkey fly! <laughs> donkey? You're a... a stallion, baby! I can win it! <laughs> I can count! Look at me, Shrek! I'm chopping! Anyone? Oh, oh, pick me! Oh, I know! I know me! Me! So that is uh, the most uh, hilarious donkey, more than likely, we've had in years. All right. There we are. You have seen the most hilarious donkey uh, in modern times with uh, Eddie Murphy behind that voice. But uh, just for a few minutes here, I want to get you to go on a journey with me. We're going to start from Genesis and go through, and you're like, oh, wow, we know this is on video, but we're going to at least have to get up and make a sandwich or something, and we, I understand that. Feel free to get up, roam around. If you need to get something to drink, go to the bathroom. It's fine with me. It, you won't, it won't bother me. But uh, we're going we're gonna to follow the donkey's hooves, and I'm not going to read all of these, I'm just going to kind of point them out. But uh, the first time it's ever mentioned in the scriptures in Genesis is that Ishmael, uh, you remember uh, Abraham with Hagar, where Sarah couldn't have a child, and he goes and they have Ishmael. And he's referred to later as a wild donkey of a man. Uh, so, you know, that was a, a kind way of saying that uh, He's kind of uh, wild and crazy. But the, uh, the Abraham uses the donkey to carry the supplies on the way for what is, what is supposed to be Isaac's sacrifice. And, and I think that that is a, a key one. Keep that in the back of your mind because of what donkeys have done through the centuries and through the ages over the 5,000 years is that he is uh, used to carry different things, but that was a very interesting one. Uh, this may be a little harder to read, but this is one of the key verses, Genesis 49. I'm not going to read the first part because this is where, this is where um, Jacob gives a blessing to all of the sons. And he's about to die, and he's given the blessings, and he starts with Reuben, Simeon, and then Levi, and number four down the line was Judah. And uh, always remember that uh, Judah means praise. 
And uh, that plays a big part in here of where we're headed. But Judah is there, and, and he's also called, and that's why we refer to Jesus in, in, in the Revelation as the Lion of Judah, because he says, you are a lion's cub, O Judah, and there in verse 9. And then he goes on, but notice what he says. And, you know, I had kind of uh, overread this for years because I, I get caught up in this. I love the theme of Jesus, the Lion of Judah. He's roaring. I mean, the Aslan of the Lion, the Witch in the Wardrobe. And uh, just so you'll know, just as a side note here, uh, we watched that again during this quarantine. We uh, had to review the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And, uh, and I just sat there and cried. I love that symbolism of C.S. Lewis. And here it is, the lion. He's like a lion, and he comes out. But here's something that he says in verse 11. He will tether his donkey to a vine. Now, he, this is all speaking uh, prophetically of Jesus, the Messiah, who's going to come. And that's why even today as we celebrate this time of Palm Sunday and Jesus entering in, to Jerusalem, he'll tether his donkey to a vine, his colt to the choicest branch. He will wash his garments in wine, his robes in the blood of grapes. And so there's so much symbolism here, prophetically, of what's going to happen thousand years, thousand years down the road. So that's why, that's why it's kind of good to stay on track and on the trail with donkeys. And wherever you see their hooves, you may not be a good scout. I never was a good scout out in the woods. I'd go hunting with friends, and they could find trails. And they go, oh, look, here, here, this is where it went. This is where the squirrel went. I'm like, I don't see that. But this is the part of the following the hooves and the trail of where we're headed toward. Did you know, and I didn't realize this, in Exodus, there's so many different things about a donkey. But one is redeem. This is during the time of the Passover, and he, he's, he's gone through chapter 12 about the Passover, and he's talking about redeeming the firstborn, redeeming all the firstborn. And he even comes up and says, Moses says, redeem with a lamb every firstborn donkey. He didn't talk about any other animal. He doesn't enter into, you know, do that for the bears, do that for the tigers, do that for the lions, do that for the birds. He the only one, he says, redeem with a lamb ever firstborn donkey. I mean, do you kind of get the feeling that God has this, uh, has a kind of an affection and a bonding with them? And I love uh, 20 comes out of the Ten Commandments. You're not to covet your neighbor's house, wife, anything, even their donkey or their ox. I mean, it's pretty specific how God has put this in. Now, Exodus 23 is one of my favorites. Uh, if you come across your enemy's ox or donkey wandering off, be sure to take it back to him. If you see the donkey of someone who hates you falling down under its load, do not leave it there. Be sure to help him with it. I mean, he's like, do not. God is saying, do not let that donkey lay under that load. I don't care if you like that person or not. You get over there, you put your back in it, and you help Get that donkey back up and going. Now, one of the most famous of all, uh, and this is the one that I understood from the King James Version, was Numbers 22. And it's the story of uh, Balak, the king of Moab, 
wants to bring a curse upon Israel because he knows they're beginning to move and to grow. They've come out of the Exodus, and now they're on the move. And he's afraid of them, of Israel. And so he wants to put a curse, or as some people would say, a hex on them. Well, it kind of all backfires for Balak. But he chooses Balaam, one of his local native prophets, to come in, and he, he hires him to go do it. Well, there's a whole bunch of other things going on. But when it says, when uh, he finally makes his way to the place where he's supposed to be giving the curse, looking out over this land, and, uh, and he, this, is what, this is where the scripture picks up. The problem is, is that there is an angel of the Lord standing in the way. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she lay down under Balaam. He was angry, and he beat her with a staff. Then, now here it is, you did see the donkey from Shrek. You did see Mr. Ed, the talking horse. But here is where literally and physically the Lord opened the donkey's mouth, and she, the female donkey, said to Balaam, What have I done to you to make you beat me these three times? And then Balaam goes into this deal about, Well, you made a fool out of me, blah, 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 blah. Well, isn't it funny that a donkey can see more than the prophet? Isn't that great? Look what it says. He didn't, Balaam didn't see the angel. He has no idea that the reason the donkey stopped in their hooves is because there's a great big angel standing there. More likely a warring angel of the Lord of hosts. And, and they're on this track and he's like, she just says, uh-uh, ain't going there. And she plops down. And then he starts beating her, Balaam does, and notice what it says. The donkey says, am I not your own donkey, which you've always ridden to this day? Have I been in the habit of doing this to you? And he has to sheepishly answer, no, <laughs> no, you, you've never done this to me before, Miss Donkey. You've never done it to me. And look what's happened. Then it says the Lord opened Balaam's eyes. The prophet, the prophet, he's supposed to be a prophet, couldn't, did not have the spiritual eyes to see what was going on around him. It took a, that's why, you see, why it was what the whole scripture read through in this passage, that Balaam's eyes were opened by the ass upon which he setteth, he set. So that is, we're tracking those hooves. We're making that trail through the scripture of seeing all the times that God is bringing up. And there's going to be a crowning moment for the donkeys of the world. And we'll be there in just a minute. Notice in Judges, uh, Samson and Terry this morning, when she got up before I left, she said that she had just been reading about Samson. And she said, he even used the, uh, the jawbone of an ass to kill a thousand people, a thousand Philistines. And I was like, yep, yep. I said, that's in my, that's in my message this morning. And, uh, and my wife kind of knew I would use that one more than likely. But uh, in 1 Samuel, even Samuel, he's getting ready uh, to retire as the prophet of Israel. 
And he asked them, he says, he's the anointed, and he's, he had been anointed by God to be the voice for Israel before David was brought on the scene. And here he says, have I done any of these? He says, have, have I, whose donkey have I taken? I mean, this is how important donkeys were to the life of the Israelites. And then it says in 1 Samuel 16, 20, that Jesse, David's father, loaded a donkey with bread and supplies and a young goat, and he sent David to Saul when David was going to minister uh, through worship to Saul, who was totally tormented. And then in 1 Samuel 25, which is another very interesting one, Abigail, who had been the wife of Nabal, now keep in mind, Nabal is the Hebrew word for fool. So you know immediately that this is all going downhill. And Nabal would not give food to David and his men when they were running away from uh, Saul, who was trying to capture David and kill him. And they come up to Nabal and his uh, villa, and they come in and they ask for food, and he basically curses at them. Well, uh, David, as, as they leave, they're immediately ready to go back and just wipe them out. And, he, and, and they decide not to do it because Abigail intercedes and she comes and brings all of this food. Notice what they said. I mean, it's like hundreds of cakes of raisins, 200 cakes. It's just this big boatload on donkeys loaded down, bearing all these gifts. And that stops David from doing anything uh, wicked uh, or mean toward Nabal, who was deserving of it. Nabal, he did uh, eventually die. Then it says that... Um, the Shunammite lady, woman who had the son who was dying, uh, he, he began to have headache and he was dying. And she called, she told her husband, I'm going to go find Elisha. Because Elisha had been at their home and prayed for them and, and prayed that she would have the child. And so she had a close relationship with him. And, and here it is. She said, I'm going to load the donkey up and we're going to go find Elisha. We're going to go find a real prophet because we need him. And notice what even the Proverbs comes up with, a whip for the horse, a halter for the donkey, and a rod for the back of fools or nabals, as you can follow there. Notice what the prophets get into using donkeys to help people understand. The ox knows his master, Isaiah says, the donkey his own manger, but Israel does not know, my people do not understand. I mean, I mean, even, even the ox and the donkey have spiritual insight, like Miss Donkey that was with Balaam. You move into the New Testament on this trail. You're following the hooves. We're following the, see, I came from a family of a lot of uh, trail riding. Uh, my dad loved trail riding, and we didn't do just like with the family and all that. I mean, my dad had to have a trail riding association. And so we would go on a three-day ride every October, 60 miles uh, from our home to Waco where we had moved from. We would, we would take a three-day ride to go to the heart of Texas Fair and Rodeo. That was in October. Then in February, and it's like, who's crazy enough to go on a trail ride in February? I mean, it didn't get real cold in Texas, but it was cold when you're out in the elements you know, for a week. We rode for a week 
from our home to San Antonio where all of these different trail rod associations would converge on the city of uh, San Antonio for the San Antonio Livestock Show and Rodeo. Now, I tell you all that because this was, uh, I mean, we were very into following trails and going down the same road and like that. And we could do that. I didn't need it. We didn't need scouts for that. But notice when you get into the New Testament, it says that the Good Samaritan, you remember this story, Luke chapter 10. The Good Samaritan takes uh, the gentleman and he, he bandages his wounds. He does it. And what does he do? He puts him on a donkey and he took him to the inn. Then it said Jesus even got on the, um, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the religious leaders. He said, you hypocrites, doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to give water? He, was in the, he had just healed a woman who had been crippled. And they are so, such a, in arms, oh, my, my, my. And, and, and Jesus says, well, you, you at least care for your animals, your ox and your donkey. And you, you're not even caring for this daughter of uh, Abraham. And then, notice it says in 2 Peter, it says, um, this is referring back to Balaam, Numbers chapter 22. Peter picks it up in the New Testament and says, but he was rebu rebuked for his wrongdoing by a donkey. God speaks in many different ways. And hopefully, during this time of isolation and during this time of quarantine, God is speaking in many different ways. And it's a matter of us being quiet long enough. Now, if some of you have a pet that ends up speaking to you, we really want to know about it uh, here so we can uh, maybe get a video of that for later. But notice that it said, the beast by a donkey, a beast without speech, who spoke with a man's voice and restrained the prophet's madness. That was Peter's take on it. Now, uh, this morning, as we I followed the trail of hooves of the donkeys throughout the scripture, and you see how key they are and everything that God has done throughout history, biblical history, in the lives of his people, in the nation of Israel, uh, in the church. Uh, Palm Sunday is, and that's what, that's what God said to me that morning uh, after uh, uh, Marvin had called the next morning when I got up and, and I'd gone downstairs. And, I, and, and this is what he had said. He said, you need to do it. You need to do this message because it's Palm Sunday, number one. And he said, but also, he said, we need to bring some laughter. And we need to bring some joy in. Because I want, I want people to know that I can use, if I can use a donkey, I can use anybody. Do you know that? And I know that that's not necessarily the feeling that we have at this moment. But I love it in the Palm Sunday, and then we think about this, and we call it the triumphal entry. And we're like, oh, is, is that really been, is that a misnomer? Uh, is, is that really a triumphal entry? Uh, it, it is on the surface as Jesus comes in, and that's why it reminds me of the, uh, 
She'll be coming around the mountain when she comes, and he'll be riding on a donkey when he comes. And, and most people go, ah, that just doesn't seem like uh, something that somebody's coming in triumph. You, you know, maybe a motorcycle called a triumph, but not on a donkey. Or are you coming into town on one of those loud hogs, you know, the Harley Davidson or something? You know, but this is this this doesn't just give me real confidence that that this man who's claiming to be the Messiah is riding into town on a donkey. Well, that's the main reason we don't understand is because it wasn't our culture. And in the culture of the, uh, of the uh, Israelites of that day, and, and for all of the thousands of years of following the trail of the donkeys, uh, what a donkey represented was totally different from what we would think. We think now it's just a pack animal, it's a beast of burden, it's just a little show animal or whatever. Kids can come up because they're so gentle, they can pet them and things like that for a petting zoo, but that is totally not what the scripture says. Now, I guess I'm going to have to, uh, for just a minute, guys, I'm going to have to cut off of this because I realize that when I slide my iPad, this leaves the screen, so bear with me just a minute here. But I want to, um, I wanted to read uh, this passage, and I, 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 the story of the triumphal entry is in all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And uh, I didn't think I should try to uh, read each one of them separate. More than likely, you would have hung up on me or turned it off. But uh, I found the harmonized uh, version of all four of those. And this is how it reads. The next day, as they approached Jerusalem near Bethphage, and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go to the village ahead of you. As soon as you enter in, you will find a donkey tied there and a colt with her uh, that has never been ridden. Untie them and bring them here to me. If anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Say, The Lord needs them, and he will send them back here soon, and he will send them at once. The ones that have the donkeys will send them at once to Jesus. So the disciples who were sent ahead went and did as Jesus had instructed them, and they found a colt tied at a door outside in the street, exactly as Jesus had told them. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? He knew exactly where that donkey and that colt was. As they were untying the colt, its owners who were standing there asked him, Why are you untying that colt? They replied, as Jesus had told them, the Lord needs it. So if God comes looking for your donkey or for you, you can say, I'm going to go because the Lord needs me. The owners let them go. Then the disciples brought the donkey and the colt to Jesus, placed their cloaks on them, and had Jesus get on. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet from Zechariah. Tell the people of Zion, do not be afraid. Look, your king is coming to you, unassuming and seated on a donkey and on a colt, the fowl, the foal of a donkey. 
I have to be careful with my foals and my fowls because people tend to misunderstand my accent sometimes. But the large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road, their coats. Others cut branches from the trees they had cut in the fields and spread them on the road. So that is the branches, the palm branches being laid out. And they would do this because of, of a king or royalty. As Jesus approached the road leading down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works it seen. The crowds that went ahead of him and those following kept shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David. That's what the worship team, when they sang, they opened up. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. You remember that song we used to sing as a kids? Ho, 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 Hosanna. Ha, ha, hallelujah. He, 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 save me and I got the joy of the Lord. And then you'd modulate, ho, 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 Hosanna. Yeah, y'all can do that at home. See, that's real easy. Just re rewind here in a minute, and you can do it. And just keep going up until you're up on top of the roof for your house. So it says, but some of the Pharisees in the crowd, after they heard all of this praising and all of this singing and all of this adulation and adoration going on, they said, they uh, said to him, teacher, rebuke your disciples. He answered, I tell you, if they keep silent, the very stones will cry out. And that's the harmonized of all four of the gospels of the story of the triumphal entry. That is a beautiful picture as the king comes in, as he comes riding in. And this is what, as we close this morning, this is what I want us to get. That there is a trail of tales, and this is T-A-I-L-S, in the details of the God who never fails. Let me say it again. There is a trail of tales, donkeys, in the details of the God who never fails. So in this time of isolation and quarantine, when you're like, oh, I don't know if God knows that I'm, I'm there or whatever, he says, I know that you're there. And, and here's our Messiah, the promised one, fulfilling prophecy that goes back 500 years from Zechariah. He's making his grand entry in, and there's announcement of who he is, and he's doing it on the back of a donkey. And you know why? What the culture, what that said to the culture? He's the prince of peace. He's the king of peace. A warring king would come in on a horse after conquering. But entering in to celebrate and to show that he is the king, as Solomon was declared a king of peace, that he, Solomon, came in, his coronation on a donkey, a mule, and Jesus comes in on this day that we celebrate as the Prince of Peace. 
In just a minute, I'll show you the picture because he will return one day, but he won't return on a donkey. So this morning, as we ask God to just continue to minister to our families, to those that are in the hospitals, to those that have been suffering through this virus, other things that are going on physically in their bodies. I just want, I just feel that the trail of the donkey hooves tells us that God is in the details right down to the donkeys. Because you say, man, the donkey, that's not, that's, the donkey is a donkey. And God says, no, no, you've seen the history of my time in life with donkeys. You know, there's an old saying that the devil is in the details. Originally, that was not what it said. Originally, in German, it was a German proverb, and I'm not going to try to wreck the German language here, but it was translated, God is in the detail. And, but somewhere along the way, you know how everything gets perverted, turned upside down, twisted. And this is that God is in the details, and he's in the details of our lives right down to the donkeys today. Second thing I want to remind us of is that the, when, he, when the disciples go to get the colt and bring him to Jesus, and the owner says, what are you doing with that? And what do they say? The Lord needs it. The Lord needs them. And I want you to know that he needs you and he needs me. And no matter how insignificant we may be feeling, how picture that donkey and that coat tied up, and you say, well, we're tied up right now. We're on lockdown. We're isolated. We're basically unknown. We're feeling alone. We, we kind of have, we're in that Eeyore kind of mode. And he says, no. He says, in the midst of this, as the Prince of Peace, I still need you, and I am with you. You're not alone. G.K. Chesterton, an old theologian, wrote it, the donkey. He wrote this poem. When fishes flew and forests walked and figs grew upon thorn, some moment when the moon was blood, then surely I was born. With monstrous head and sickening cry and ears like errant wings, the devil's walking parody on all four-footed things. The tattered outlaw of the earth of ancient crooked will, starve, scourge, deride me, I am dumb, I keep my secret still. Fools, for I also had my hour, one far fierce hour and sweet. There was a shout about my ears and palms before my feet. If God has a plan for the donkey, he says, I need you too. I need you. The last thing as we close, notice what Jesus told the religious leaders. Isn't it amazing? The religion always wants to kind of get in there. I was never kicked by a donkey, but I've been kicked by a horse. And I've been kicked by a cow, calf and a cow. I've never been kicked by a donkey, but I was, I was always hoping that there would be something in the Scripture about a donkey kicking 
the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious leaders. I would love to see that, the picture drawing in my Bible. But he's what he said to them. Tell these people to be quiet. Don't be doing praise. Don't, don't go over uh, on Monday at 1 p.m. to St. Uh, uh, Vincent's in, over here in Carmel and join in with the praise that's going to be erupting and that's going to be flowing from my people. Just be quiet. Don't do that. And what does Jesus say? He says, if they keep silent, the stones are going to cry out. He says, listen, I've got the donkeys and I got the stones. And if you're not going to do it, I've got somebody that can do it. And that's the wonderful thing about what can happen tomorrow in that special time of dwell when you take it out into open air and mad and then lead that. If they keep silent, the stones are going to cry out. See, the crowds may be fickle because you know what's going to happen. All of this is going to go downhill. This is Sunday, Palm Sunday. We're heading toward Easter Sunday. But everything during the week is going downhill very fast. And the enemy is saying that all of hell is declaring that all of hell is going to break loose this next week when Jesus was making his way toward the cross. But the Father is saying that that's not the end of the story. And we'll find out that the rest of the story next week. The triumphal entry, I think today, as you sit at home with your families or by yourself, the triumphal entry just says, I'm sending you an invitation to a party that's going to happen. That's what the triumphal entry was about. That the Prince of Peace, he can come into any situation, he can diffuse it, he can change it, he can take your heart palpitations and everything of worry and fretting and everything of what you're hearing on the airways, turn it off, turn it off and listen for the voice of the one who's inviting us to enter into that party that's coming. So Lord, we just thank you that you're preparing us for the biggest comeback in all of history. You're preparing us for the resurrection. And Lord, when everything looked dark and went dark and bleak and everything looked like it was over, you have, you have the ability to change it all in just a millisecond. Thank you for that. Thank you for donkeys. Thank you that we can smile and laugh and know that you, you are always in the details. And that we want to be on that trail with you. The trail of the tales and the details of the God that never fails. We bless you. Holy Spirit, take this word and plant it deep into hearts and minds. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.
Okay, so we say blessings on your home today, health, financial provision, everything that you need. And if you need to communicate with us, we can help in any way. Do not hesitate to do that. Do it through the email, missional at the well in carmel.org. We invite you we as brothers and sisters in Christ, supporting one another, supporting those around us, we're together. We're together. There is victory over sin, hell, death, the grave. And please remember, there is victory over a virus. In Jesus' name, amen.